What's up, Stats Pack? Welcome back to the podcast. I got Eric back on the line. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Long time. It, uh, it's it been a pleasure, man. It has been a long time, but it's a pleasure to talk to you and, of course, uh, shoot the breeze with the Stats Views Pack. Sports writer extraordinaire. <laughs> New England expert of all things sports. Well, thank you. You're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's start off with some NFL stuff, man. Let's talk uh, right off the bat. Am I good open for Josh McDaniels? What do you mean by that? Well, I was just thinking, like, I think it's great rather than just get, like, the young and upcoming coordinator. You get a guy with previous head coaching experience. He knows what to do. He knows what not to do. And if you listen to some of the interviews he was given to, like, the Vegas press where he was talking about he was arrogant, and but now he knows to farm things out. So he's got a really smart GM to help him out on one side. He's got a really quality quarterback right then and there. So the situations are all lined up. He knows what to do. He knows what not to do. That's why I'm feeling good for Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, learn, like learn from, like showing that he learned from his mistakes. Right. And I got to say, like, you know, he was, it was written as a huge disaster in Denver. It didn't work out. But he nailed the fact that Jay Cutler just didn't have the competitive head, heart, and soul to be a quarterback. He, he drafted Decker. He drafted Marius Thomas. He took Dane Beatles. He took Sean Moreno. So I think we can use that time to say I think his eyes were telling pretty good overall. And and the great thing is that you don't have to just draft some guy number one overall. You have got a quality Pro Bowl quarterback right away with a good coordinator to help him out. So you got to look at all those tangible reasons. That's why I'm feeling good right now. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good fit for Josh, and he got a, a great quarterback. I well, I, I I mean, he's I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he can make all the throws. He's now he has a great receiver and Devontae going to him. His old college re- wide receiver. I watched him play a couple times. Those guys lit it up, and I'm pretty sure they're going to pick up right where they left off when in a in um Las Vegas. So I'm excited about it. I'd like to see what he does with the team and how the the team meshes with him and like vibes with him. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, overall, and I'm th- I think best case scenario, I see at least a AFC title game in Derek Carr's future. Maybe potentially a Super Bowl if sort of things kind of break right. So it's it's overall, I think it's you know things are going well in Vegas. I think and in, in, I I do see you did mention how you did parallel careers with Alex Smith and Derek Carr. I think you're you're right in that case as they kind of had kind of train wrecks for leadership throughout their career and maybe they had moments uh that they did not have train wrecks for coaches. Obviously, right. I think Gruden, I think he was a decent coach, you know, less whatever and all every all that stuff that happened last year and uh I think before that it was pretty much a mess and with Alex, of course, like when he entered into the league it was just a disaster in San Francisco the whole time he was there. It was just a big struggle. Personally, for me, I think Derek is a more talented quarterback than Alex. But um, I do see where you put, you know, you compare them very similarly. What what, right. do, what do you think about the two quarterbacks? I mean, I think it's just like, wow, you can do a whole, you know, not going to be Brady level good or Holmes level good, but all right, hey, it's a good thing. I think I can win with this guy. That's my feeling if I'm there, too. And in terms of the bravest, toughest, ballsiest guy that you have to appreciate, his comeback from that injury 
it was so historically horrific and I saw the pictures, I winced with horror. It was like, you know, Robert Edwards knee level bad. Yeah. He's yeah. so brave, so and just you, your head and heart just goes out to him. And you also have to give him just like a begrudging, respectful clap. Oh, absolutely. He finishes career strong too, I think. Right. He yeah. wasn't a disaster oh. when he went on the field. Yeah, and, and just to think it, it's just so nice and I'm feeling so good. I'm really digging for a nice redemption story for Josh McTee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh you uh nice to have Brady back? What do you think? What what do you tell me about that? <laughs> well, it's great. This is, I think this is gonna be like Michael Jordan, you know, one of those Michael Jordan situations where he retires like three, four times because it's just he can't get it out of his system. I am so glad. And it's also to see that he can try and fulfill his mission to play to 45 and play through his age 45 season. I just want to see that too. Just one more year for the longevity. One more year so that way he can maybe win some more, get it out of his system. And I'm rooting for him. I really am. I, I uh, People might hate me for this, but an NFL with Brady is a better NFL, period. Love him or hate him, he, he draws the headlines. He's still great. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing what what went down in Tampa Bay was he hated uh, what his coaches. Damn, what was his coach's name? Arians. He hated yeah. Arians with a passion. He's like, I'm not gonna play with that d bag, and the whole thing fell out. And I knew exactly what it was. It's like, well, if he's coming back, Arians is out. And they're like, no, 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 no. I was like, yes, it is. I seen the way Bruce treats him and like talks about him to the media, and and he does not like that. He's not down with that. And what do you know? You know, he said, hey, uh, I'm coming back. And <laughs> shortly after, there goes Bruce retiring from football. Right. or uh, Not fo- football, from head coaching, you know. It was like, sorry, uh, sorry, Bruce, uh, you got to go, buddy. It, it, was, it was Tom didn't want to play with you again. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Is he going to play better this year because he's going to have like a yes, a, a yes, sir, you know, uh, coach? Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Arians at least did put him in his place, which probably pissed him off. And I, I don't know, you know, does he work better with a, court, uh, a coach like that or worse? I don't know. What do you think? I think he's going to go pretty well with the new coach because he's just going to sort of delegate. Look, I'll run the offense. You run the defense. The coach was with the Jets. So he obviously knows Brady Colts. So I'm thinking like this will be good because why on earth would you get into – a morale alpha dog fight with a man that's been to nine Super Bowls, yeah. excuse me, 10 Super Bowls and, and seven wins. That is a lose, lose, lose proposition. I'm surprised you didn't just kind of subjugate your ego so that way you can maybe get another ring or two with Tom. Yeah, you should have shut right. up. No shame in the losing an alpha dog battle to a goat. If you lost to some scrub quarterback that was nothing and nondescript, fine, but there's no shame in losing. <laughs> Just submit to Tom in that regard and let him run things. Yeah, I, it's legit stunning that that they uh, that that fight even took place. Yeah, I, yeah, but uh, I don't think he was a bad he's a bad coach per se. It's just maybe he the way he talked about maybe he didn't even get a chance to really talk to Tom face to face because he knew that he that he wouldn't listen and his only outlet was through the media, and maybe that's why he did that. You know what I mean? Which oh, is obviously the wrong way to, to do it, but... Yeah, oh, I, oh, I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely sure of that, too. It, it's kind of funny, because what's sort of been reported is that he eventually kind of grew to resent Arians being kind of more 
being so loose, and he actually was kind of pining and longing for Belichick sort of button down, control, get everything right, all business style program. Yeah. And he really was pining for his old coach. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. You know, organization make when you're super organized, it makes it a lot easier to kind yeah. of lay down the law instead of, you know what I mean? Instead of going in the opposite direction where you kind of, if you're loosey goosey with your leadership and then trying to go into a strict style, that doesn't really work. I don't really think it works. Yeah. I don't really think it works either. And <laughs> weird vindication for Belichick, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, what reminded you of the left tackle scene on any given Sunday? Are you talking about. Uh, I've seen where Lawrence Taylor was in that um, with with Jamie Foxx and when Lawrence Taylor said to Jamie Foxx, once it's gone, it's gone forever. You remember what I'm talking about? Yes, 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 yeah. And so the tabloids were reporting that maybe Tom and G were kind of having a, a potential divorce going on if there's any relation to it. I can just imagine Tom saying to like you know, the LT style character, <laughs> Giselle, once it's gone, it's gone forever. I need to come back. I need to come back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> One more year. Um, no overtime for Burrow. Bit him in the butt. Yes, for the record, Jamar Chase, amazing, amazing. I think he's going to be at least as good as um, Chad Ochocinco was. But the fact that they didn't take a guy like Rashawn Slater, I think ultimately bit them in the butt. Yeah. Arrow had no protection in that Super Bowl. Yeah. And he had an unreal, unreal what? But I think they probably would have just been better off actually going for Slater. And then, you know, oh, heck, Ty- Tyreek Hill just went and trading for Tyreek Hill or something like that. I think ultimately it would have been better. Yeah. Um, but what have they gotten to the point that they're at with that left, with, you know, with a stronger O-line rather than, you know, that connection that Burrow had with Chase? I well, think I, maybe I think so. That, I think the offense probably would have taken about a 15% hit, but yeah. it would have been more than enough. And you know, you can also preserve Burrow, too, because that man got cracked and cracked hard. Well, the good I, thing, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he snaps and leaves the Bengals in a couple of years. Well, at least free agents now, if they're interested in winning, uh, right. you know, they maybe they'll take a pay cut or even could start considering Cincinnati other, yeah. other than other teams. You know, some of those vets that they can maybe sign up. and Yeah, because they need help big time on that old, on that old line, uh, 100%. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of unreal. Burrow basically <laughs> took him <laughs> took him to where they're at. Period with his talent, right? And after whiffing on like you know Klinger and Achilles Smith and everybody. Carson Palmer's knee going to <laughs> everybody going to crap, <laughs> it finally struck Peter with Burrow to have him have a pretty horrific knee injury too, and nearly yeah. get killed yeah. this year too. Please, God, just get them in the best possible OT possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I agree with you, man. It's nice to see Cincinnati win. It, the yeah. league's funner. I, I think maybe it's because we, we grew up when uh, Cincinnati wasn't trash and they actually made the Super Bowl. You know, maybe that's right. we're going off of our memories of that. But for the younger yeah, generation. We, we got the tail no, end of the Sam Weish era. Yeah. Esiason doing that pretty good. And then. And they just completely went terrible where they're like one in 15 every year. And you're saying, well, maybe hopefully they can win one. Hopefully they can win one. Then the Marvin Lewis era was just, oh, it was so frustrating because no matter what their talent was, it was always, always eight, eight and eight. 
Oh, and then the man was their owner was just astonishingly patient to a level that I, I couldn't I couldn't stand myself. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, though, they they hit paid it with Burrow, and they're on the way up. Thank God, it's good to have them back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stafford avoiding the Sanders Calvin arc. Yeah. Okay. Not not Matt Stafford. Not quite as good as Calvin or Barry, but just in the sense like. I know what you mean. Barry yeah. just snapped out of a decade of terribleness with the Bengal, excuse me, with the Lions, and then retired. Johnson, nine years, just total beasts and fights with management. It didn't go there. Had to retire, crippled after just nine years. I, you know, Stafford was always like, a, "Hey, you know, a top ten level quarterback who's always pretty good. You respect to this talent, but not like a transcendent, transcendent talent like." Right. Like Barry or, or uh, Calvin, because they really were. I don't care what if what people think. I, it's not even an argument with with uh, Barry, but I guess I could see some people saying that Calvin wasn't like a transcendent. But that dude was a monster, and you got to remember he did that with the with the freaking Detroit Lions that whole time. He, you know, he was, a, right. he, you know, yeah. No, no. The only the only blemish on Johnson's career, if you really want to nitpick, is longevity. Yeah, but it's just so nice, and you're like, oh man. Detroit just, you know, killed their souls. Thankfully, Stafford was always able to get out and finally find redemption because he goes from being a pretty good quarterback, you know, a couple of playoff appearances to a Super Bowl winner. It was just the right team. And it's nice to see he was able to flee Detroit. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> the, uh, some of the social media when uh, Stafford was winning in L.A. was just like uh, – Freaking Detroit Lions fans are just going crazy for him. They loved seeing him win. It's just you know they they experienced all that pain too of all those losing seasons. And when they saw them win, like they they absolutely cheered with them, which was pretty cool. I thought, but you know, yeah. Um, I agree with you though. You know, moving on, and you're talking about the 17th game of the season. You you mentioned that and how you hated it at first, but you accept it now. I mean, I'm in the same boat with you, right? Too, and and I only really because because I find myself thinking like, okay. I want these football. I don't want them to kill themselves for my amusement for another regular season game. I want you to get that week out, get that week off, take some time, prep yourself, and then go at it for an all important playoff game. But also, too, it's just like that extra wear and tear. I don't want to see them have it, too. And by the last week of the season, I'm thinking, oh, God, come on already. I just want first round of the playoffs to go. Let's not play another week. This is needless. This is needless. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> that's 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 the way they want to roll. So fine. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I agree with you. But you're yeah. right. Um, I, you know, ta- you're you know talking about you know moving on to the uh, Thursday night football game. I, I I absolutely would prefer not having it. But uh, you know, it, it's there, and you know, <laughs> you got to accept it. Right. No, no. I mean, they're doing college football solid by not having it really on Friday or Saturday nights during yeah. the season. Okay, fine. So you want to respect that turf, so be it. So let's do a doubleheader on Monday night instead. So that way the guys will just have more time to rest and recuperate. And it's just like, hey, wait a minute, you know, we just had you three, you know, three, four days ago. What are you doing? You know, you go rest up in the tub. You yeah. Know, you play the week. <laughs> you know, let's just have a doubleheader on Monday more night. More than anything, it's also like kind of exhausting have that much that much professional football throughout the the week. I think. Uh, on, on Thursday, make it a week event. Don't make it like baseball, or it's every day. Yeah, you, uh, you know, you're, you know, moving on to talking about Russell Wilson leaving 
Seattle and you're happy to see that. And let me tell you, let me tell you how happy I am to see that being that the Niners in the is in the West. And I know they had a terrible year, but man, that guy gave me nightmares when he would we would play against him. He's just an absolute talent, and I I think he's gonna kill it in uh, Denver. Yeah, because like you look at the skill players on offense that Denver has overall, just you know. Uh, Patrick, you know, uh, Courtney, the other, all their really good wide receiver talent, Jerry, Judy, those pretty good backs they have. They just need a semi, semi-capable quarterback. It's kind of unreal that John Elway was such an elite, amazing Hall of Famer, but as he's, you know, he's with the Broncos now in a general manager-ish type capacity, his one weird blind spot was that he couldn't really draft and develop a quarterback, and he did his best when he would just import Yeah, he it. tried. You're right. He tried his damn and, best. It's like it's a little staggering. It's just like, well, that's a blind spot for you. I thought you would know this cold, but but hey, it's just nice to see him flee. And I kind of felt like uh, the few years of bad drafts and everything like that had just sort of soured him on Seattle. And he wasn't quite the running force that he was before. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that uh, that finger injury he had. If it won't mess with his accuracy a little bit too, but it's really nice to see him flee and get out. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm I'm with you on that. And. I'm glad Elway saw it's like, hey, I'm not going to win. I need to go all in with a damn quarterback. And I guess that goes to show you, you just look at the teams that give these, you know, say top 10 quarterbacks, these monstrous deals is because those quarterbacks just aren't out there, period. They just don't exist. Like having a a competent quarterback that can win games for you, throw it downfield, can do everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Have the experience just to take you to the promised land. Those are very, very rare, and Elway find out the wrong, uh, you know, discover the hard way, you know, drafting quarterbacks. It just, just flopped on them pretty hard, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, talking yeah. about quarterbacks, uh, Aaron Favre's acting like Favre. Well, it's just you know all the, all the media coverage. Oh, one hundred percent, man. That's maybe it's the, uh, the the drama, the contract bluffing. I'm just like. Oh, it's just so profoundly disappointing, too, because for all of his talent, he only has one Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of, like, you know, one-and-done playoffs. And He does choke, you know, man. He's just a beast of a talent, though, man. It's just crazy. Who do you think Who do you think has a better arm? Uh, this is crazy. But uh, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, who do you think had a better arm there in their career? Uh, I would say for pure power, Favre. But I would take Aaron's accuracy. Yeah, I bet you, uh, you know, Favre could probably throw the ball, you know, a good seventy yards, no problem. Uh, you know, Aaron would be like sixty-five, but Aaron just has a sweet level of unreal touch. He throws dimes I've left and seen. right. And yeah. actually, like the best I've ever seen at this was Court Warner. Like he knew he could put it like to the actual millimeter of where you need to catch it. But you know, Aaron's probably top three for me. Yeah, I agree. The way he. He throws one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen in the NFL. Aaron does. Mm. He just drops dimes. And and Favre, yeah, you're you're right. Favre is like a a a, a playmaker, you know, rocket arm, different yeah. type of quarterback than Aaron. But yeah. um, diva as much as Aaron. <laughs> right. I mean, for me, my bar is you got to have at least three Super Bowls if you want to be that much of a diva. Um, yeah, your patience, like my patience for diva stuff, is a lot longer with Tom because he has seven Super Bowls. Yeah. You only have one. <laughs> yeah, I know you mentioned uh, that you think Jordan Love is a is a mega boss. I think he's just, you know, but and that goes to 
talking about all the other, you know, drafting quarterbacks in the NFL and how difficult it is. I think it, it goes the same way as where, you know, maybe, you know, Jordan is, <laughs> has some talent, but, and he was a first round pick, you know, kind of deeper in the draft, but that goes to show you that he's just one, another one of those failed quarterbacks. You know, I, I think I did a podcast on it, just going over how many first round or even top five quarterbacks failed. And it's just like, it is like extremely common just to fail left and right, uh, you know, sadly, but, you know, there you go. Yeah, LaFern must have just, you know, seen the tape and just was like, all right, okay, I whiffed on this. No shame in it. Everyone whiffs on quarterbacks, but I have no leverage here. I need to just submit to whatever Aaron wants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bill B. What do you think about Bill? <laughs> How do you think about his, his uh, coaching staff? That he puts I'm together. a little worried too because every <laughs> successful head coach has a brain drain where they lose all their all their coordinators. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, who's who's the smart judgment? Who's the smart coordinator right then and there? And also too, like you hear the news that he's going to have his new assistants that he's brought back being put in other positions. If you want to bring Matt Patricia back as a defensive coordinator, sure, great. You know, bring back Judge to coach special teams, but I feel like you're maybe kind of setting them up to failure to put them in roles they're not really prepared for or trained professionally. And yeah, that's the thing. It's just like it did. He said you. Everybody is like all the media is, is really going on him on him pretty hard yeah. about hiring a bunch of yes men. Do you think that's what he did? I don't think he necessarily hired a bunch of yes men. But I mean, he sees people that are in good in his own their own niches, and he's bringing them back. He definitely trusts them, but overall, big picture, though, too, it's just the infrastructure around him is kind of crumbling, and you need that infrastructure or else you're not going to be able to you know, win with Mac Jones. For the first time ever, they have a really good draft in 2021. Yeah. But their really awesome personnel dude yeah. is now in Vegas. Yeah. So it's a brain drain yeah. crumbling around. No Josh McTee crumbling around him. I wonder why he left All the good to go to with, with Josh. And they must have been really good friends or something. Oh, I think they are. They definitely respect each other. You know, they yeah. definitely came back. And, you know, you got to go for your second shot. And I think actually in retrospect, Josh McDaniels did have the foresight to not coach a clearly done Andrew Luck. So then, you know, it's like they go out in good terms. They're really good. You know, no love lost there. Everything's good. Yeah. They have each other's blessing. Yeah. You want to roll through this? Do you want to roll into the NBA? I would love to if you're down. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, you, you, let's talk about Brooklyn Celtics. And you, you said the Brooklyn doesn't seem like a seven. I'll let you start this one off. Go ahead. It, it's just sort of like, a, it feels like a paper tiger where you have to, where you're underestimating them and their talents. Who on earth, who on earth will guard Kevin Durant on the Celtics? Nobody. I don't really see it without Robert Lynch. I, I, I just don't. Who yeah. will so fr- thoroughly defensively frustrate Kyrie? I don't quite then and there, because when they're committed, they're tough. They can each drop 80 points right then and there, which and it'd be good enough to make up for any deficiencies. And I felt like Williams could have really maybe kind of roughed up KD enough and all their secondary scores, he's but huge. he's out. His, he's I mean, his, yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. I st- personally, I still think the Celtics handle. I think they the Celtics still beat them. I think Brooklyn has some deficiencies with yeah. I think they have deficiencies with their 
their bench. And I think if they do fall behind, if they go down 2-0, I think that they're going to have, like, Kyrie and Kevin are going to have a mental breakdown or they're going to start going after each other and or start going after Ben Ben Simmons for sitting on his ass during the playoffs. Something's going to happen. They're going to have to win some games up front. If they fall behind, it's going to be disastrous. That's what I think. Yeah. But is Brooklyn, they have this sort of this weird feeling that they really can't play defense. I mean, I always thought that, I mean, they ended up ranking something like 18th overall, which isn't awful. I mean, it's a lower third tier right then and there. But I think their offensive talent is just so good. They're going to win the games like, you know, 130 to 128. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, if you're looking at statistics, it's hard with Brooklyn because Kyrie only played the the away games. So that was, you know, it's hard to actually use like that composite. Right. You'd have to look at the games where they were at, at away. You know, their away record was astronomically better than their home record because Kyrie wasn't there. So, I mean, right there, there you know, that – you know, to go on top of that, you know, talking about how he was only playing on road games, he'd have a lot of rest, and then he'd go into this, you know, road game with all this rest, and he'd just scorch everybody. But then everybody's been playing like back to back or three game series or et cetera, et cetera, and he's out coming out like all fully rested and like murdering everybody. So this series is going to be very interesting to see what his actual basketball like cardiovascular like level is that i think for for Kyrie when you're in game like three four five six you know what i mean where where is he going to be at because he does not have that experience this year of 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 going playing that many games so yeah that, that's just my take on the program and and also yes 100 percent robert williams is very injury prone because i think he does not take care of himself he has all the talent in the world but the reason why he fell to the Celtics in the first place, this guy was like a, a talent coming out of college. The reason why he fell so far in the draft was because he's kind of a head case. And I still think he kind of is. He's a lot better now, but I still think he's a little bit of a head case where he doesn't take care of himself. And I think it's, I think it, you know, when you get injuries like that, it's the same kind of problem that AD had and, and you know, the Lakers. You got to be like a more leaner to uh, match like kind of how they play in the NBA nowadays. You can't be a Shaq because they said that, you know, Shaq could play bigger because they, they sit down on the post all day long and just bang, you know what I mean? Where now right. that you start to get, yeah, you're like Robert Williams. You have to run around and like all over the place chasing freaking uh, Kevin Durant, who's 190 pounds and Robert Williams, 240 easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so I don't <laughs> I know I'm he, sounding he off on him, he's thirty ish yeah. I feel too yeah because if he doesn't I feel like he'll he'll end up kind of going the way of Andrew Bynum yeah where you're not out there for 70 plus games yeah and right then and there so I want him down to about 230 yeah um a, a culture chef where you don't like rest like Leonard but playing seven yeah I agree and the NBA you know the the whole taking a bunch of games off and resting it's tough as a fan, you know what I mean? It's it's hard, well, though, well, as a player. Well, that, too, but just you need to have that out there, that on-the-court thing where you're experiencing the bumps and the bruises so you develop a toughness to it. And if you take too much time off, I mean, if you take too much time off after a workout, things are going to be out of whack. So even if you want to kind of go light, still, you know, playing the game, even if it's only for just like 15 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah. Talking about how L.A. had an absolutely terrible year, 
I kind of I knew this was going to happen when they traded for freaking Russell Westbrook, who had an absolute trash year the pre the previous year, and I just don't see him meshing at all with with the with the other two. And what do you know? The season rolled around, and that's what happened. They didn't even freaking win forty five games. It, well, yeah, and I just mean like in the sense that LeBron and eighty. Um, Brown are just so elite. Uh, yeah, they're just so elite. So them alone couldn't really, couldn't really take them over the top. To win. Yeah. Westbrook has this crazy sense of shooting yips that I think maybe will develop into just a sort of thing that has a kind of derail in a career. Kind of similar to what happened to John Starks too. When you just you kind of sell a little bit too after his bad play in the finals. Yeah. Um. It, it, it's unreal. I think, yeah. How does the best small forward ever, even if he does miss 26 games, not at least drag them to at least 45 points a year? I think that goes to show you where you actually need more than yourself on a basketball team. Because yeah. I, I'm not like doubting any of the abilities that right now LeBron has at like 55 years old. He, he still has everything, if you ask me. Yeah, it, I, I haven't really seen much of a huge drop off for him skills wise. Yeah. He'd always been pretty durable, so it's just, it's just, I'm legit mind blown too. He and just also, need more talent around the him. The last though. guy, really, from the '03 draft class, that was so surreal. That draft class is almost done, completely done now. I mean, because Bosch is gone, Wade is gone, yeah. and now potentially LeBron is coming up soon. Carmelo. And at this point in his career, yeah. I mean, he, he still had a heck of a career himself. But he's still, you know, a role player now. I think this goes into a good like transition into our like a next topic, you know, where you can build your team through the draft, or you could trade for your team and try and trade away all your picks for your for your players. Right? As in L.A., sure. yes, they did win a championship, but case in point, and I know they did have kind of a a miss big time and Wiseman with his injuries, but the Golden State Warriors and they freaking nailed it on Kamingo who went I what was he eighth or ninth in the draft or something like that. And this dude's like like that. And it's their management to help to be able to kind of navigate navigate through Curry's injuries to be where they're at too. And also to crush the draft too. That's makes them so much better able to kind of ride out the highs and lows. And you have to sort of respect their um their foresight right then and there. They were so much better than the Lakers in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, you know, and talking about Kaminga, man, freaking Kaminga is a guy who has no ceiling. Like, this guy, he's he doesn't know what he's doing on the court yet. He's kind of lost in a way. But you can yeah. see he has flashes where he's like, oh, my gosh, that dude's like a, a little shorter version of freaking Giannis. Like, his athletic ability is, through like, to the moon, that guy. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and he's already, I think, respectably decent enough uh, defensively as well, too. And and I just love him as, you know, the next crop of yeah. small forwards. They're, they're talking about, like, before the trade deadline, they're like, oh, we need to trade somebody for a big man because you can come playoff time. Like, we should trade Kaminga. Like, you guys are out of your mind if you trade that talent. Like, you're out of your mind. Like, he's going to blossom into, like, a great NBA player. But I do see it where they, they're they short, like a big guy. Um, talking about a big guy, what about freaking Evan Mobley? What a stud, huh? Oh, my God. It's yeah. just the best, too. And I know this is – the culture is gone, but, man, a really money, power forward center like him, just an old classic. Yeah. Seven, that already actually, I think, has 
a really awesome field goal percent, uh, you know, like regular shot percentage. Already, already he's hitting about two thirds of his foul shots, and if he can just get that up to seventy five plus, it's just absolutely staggering. And it's been really nice, you know, so far he's been able to grab a nice chunk of you know, rebounds, and you know, both from the offensive defense and defensive end, need those second chances. It's yeah. just been such a pleasure, and I'm going to totally, make it a point yeah. to watch him any chance I get now. Kid's only 20 years old, too. Like, yeah, he's going to develop into a right beast. Yeah, this was a great draft class, I think, this this last year. You know, he was, I think he was, you know, deservedly so drafted third, and he's just a great player. Mm. Um, oh, absolutely. And, heck, even so far, so good on Cade uh, Cunningham. Oh, uh, yeah, Cade Cunningham yeah. and freaking, yeah. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's just like, yeah, he's sort of a low tier guy, and I think it ended up being sort of like a Kenyon Martin. How like it was kind of a down draft year talent wise, but you know, Kenyon Martin actually worked out pretty well that year. I think it'll be sort of the same type of feeling with Gabe Cunningham. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kaminga was drafted seventh, by the way, not not seventh, but uh, right. um, uh, oh, so you went to Hall of Fame? That's cool over at uh, Springfield. Right. Yeah, and and I gotta say, have you ever been? I have never been. I've driven by, and I've always wanted to go, but it's definitely on my list, being that we live so freaking close to it compared to everybody else in the United States. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was legit. I went sort of on a whim because my kid played basketball, and I got to say, I was stunned at how small it was. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, it, I, I was a little stunned there, too. It was very nice, and we were there for probably about a couple hours, and then you sort of see the whole history of everything. But it is so worth the trip for one, you know, just go one day. And actually, you know, for you, it probably wouldn't be that too far of a ride for you. About an hour. Hours, a little bit over an hour. What is, uh, how much were the tickets? 200 miles, you know, round trip for me. But overall, I think it was worth it just to see the complete history of everything and, um, you know, what Dr. Naismith was thinking about when he initially developed it and how it grew to change. And they used to actually have wood boards too. So that's why they used to call them, you know, rebounds, grab the boards, crash the boards, crash the boards. That was why that developed and actually legitimately was a basketball. Yeah, it was um, a basket, right? Yeah, it literally was a basket. And they just decided to cut cut the thing out to, oh, you know, light bulb goes off. Wow, that's why they used to call it basketball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just great. You get all this really cool historical context and to see everything too. And um, something about the ABA ball, it's just so awesome to see in person that shiny, <laughs> the shiny colors they had to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had some flash, man. ABA had some flash for sure. Yeah, and, and to that, the Harlem Globetrotters and that sweet Georgia Brown song that no matter what will just put a smile, I think, on anybody's face. Yeah. All right. So before we uh, take off here and, and our wonderful conversation, once again, that we have together here, Who's yes. is the who's gonna win? Oh, who's gonna win the West? Phoenix, my belief. Who's gonna win the East? Uh, Giannis. That's my belief. Who's gonna be the MVP of the the finals? Booker. Woo! My belief is Booker. I love love what I am seeing from the Suns overall this year. They've made it like. They lost. They're hardened. They want it. They're ring hungry. They managed to be confident, but not cocky. 
overall the entire talent that they have I, I think is absolutely I think is absolutely amazing across the board love what I see they're dying for the first one ever I just, I, overall I like what I see with the combined talent and DeAndre Ayton even to a lesser extent the role players too DeAndre Ayton is working out pretty great Booker wants to get right then and there Paul you know just trying to get that final title I like what I see I just I love what I see Awesome. Awesome. Eric, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else on your mind before we take off? Life is beautiful around the world, and I hope you are fabulous. And Stats back. It was a pleasure to shoot the breeze, dude. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Nice. Take care, man. We'll talk again, okay? Later, buddy. Bye. All right, Stats back. Thanks for listening in as Eric takes off. It's been a while, but, man, I appreciate everybody. All right. Bye.